to the Layer Podcast. This is your host, Malia Swopes, and you have just tuned in to the podcast where sensuality, sexuality, and black as spirituality intertwine. Y'all, I just came here to talk. <laughs> I came here to give y'all an update because I know that I was gone for like a month. Well, you know, I think I said this on a live before. Your girl be sick. Okay. Um, I don't know what it is about my immune system, but like I get sick two to three times out of the year. This time around, we got sick twice, once in the fall, once in the winter. It's only, you know, that's just how it goes. So, you know, there's that. Then on top of that, my original Instagram, Leah Larray with two underscores, right? That got hacked. I have no access to that. So if you are still following that play that page, please unfollow it and follow me on sensually underscore divine. Um, that account is privated because my last account was um, hacked. So just request. I will get to you. It is fine. So we had that going on. Girl... <laughs> It's just been so much. Then on top of that, um, I'm actually taking the next steps in um, my spiritual journey, and I'm super excited about that. Of course, you have the holidays. You know, Thanksgiving wasn't too, too bad. Um, it was pretty easy. A little drama-filled, but, you know, mm-hmm, it's the holidays with family. Of course, there's bound to be some kind of, like, drama. Um, And then, of course, Christmas right around the corner so you have that you know um but nonetheless um I hope you guys enjoyed our last episode um speaking with Sir Jax and one of my Alabama babes Shanley I had a lot of fun um discussing um kink especially the kinky weekend event that's going on in January um 15th through the 16th Super excited to go be a part. I'm definitely going to be in the voyeur room. I want to be a fly on the wall. I'm so serious. I want to be a fly on the wall. And also it was very refreshing to talk about black women having a space where their pleasure is centered. And it being kinky, right? I love a kinky moment. Okay, if you've been following me long enough, you know your girl be liking the BDSM and the kinky teams, okay? But nonetheless, <laughs> um, it was refreshing to really discuss Black women and their pleasure and it being at the center. Because I have noticed, and I'm sure, well, maybe you haven't. I don't know. Anyway, but I have noticed that like, when it comes to pleasure, Black women don't have a safe space for that. It's a very broad, like, general conversation of, like, oh, pleasure, making sure, you know, you're pleasured, you feel good. But it's really just like, oh, I want to be pleasured so that I have an orgasm. And it's like, no, 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 no. You can be pleasured and not have an orgasm. Like, when it comes to sensuality, the way that I describe it, especially to anyone who asks me, like, what is sensuality and what it means to me, All I'm telling you as like a sensuality and intimacy coach is I want you to allow yourself to one, awaken your senses and to experience what that sense is at the time. So for example, if you come into your room, I'm literally only using this as an example because I'm sitting here with this big ass blanket. But if you're sitting in your room, you're sitting in your living room, wherever the fuck you be sitting at, child, I don't know. And you have a nice blanket. 
I want you to awaken your senses of touch. How does it feel? Is it soft? Does it make you feel warm? Does it make you feel cozy? Does it make you feel safe? Like, does it make you feel centered, right? Because a good soft, like a, a weighted blanket with a good soft cover, mm, 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 for the girls and the people who have anxiety, because let me not say just the girls, because everybody can have anxiety. For anybody listening, uh, girls, gays, and nays, um, Weighted blanket with a fuzzy covering if you have anxiety. Oh my God, change your life, okay? Nice hug. Nice hug and it's fluffy. Love that for me. But nonetheless, I'm wanting you to take the time to feel your blanket. Or if you're having uh, a dinner, right? And I'm a sushi girl, okay? I love sushi. Um, You're having sushi I want you to allow yourself to experience what that tastes like, okay? What does it taste like and how does it make you feel when you taste it, right? Like what things come alive in your body? Does it make you just kind of want to dance back and forth? I'm a dance type of girl, okay? When I have really good food, listen, I'm going to do a little little shimmy, a little bop, a little something. You're going to see a little bit of dancing, right? Does it make you want to dance? Um, does it make you feel good? Or like, does it make you feel heavy? Does it make you feel like, like after you know that you eat it and it tasted the fuck good, do you know you're going to be bloated later on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I want you to awaken your senses. And I believe that the way in which there's been this I feel like there's a correlation of women not wanting men as well as black women's pleasure not being centered or included into the narrative of pleasure. Because if the only narrative that you're hearing is, oh, I need to have an orgasm, I need to have an orgasm, um, you can have an orgasm and not be pleased. Those things are not synonymous, right? You can be pleased and not have an orgasm, similarly to how you can have an orgasm and not be pleased, okay? And I think that when we strip the Black woman out of the conversation of pleasure, we're stripping her out of the pleasure of her life. It may sound a little woo-woo, but just, just follow me. Just stay with me, okay? If I'm sitting here having a conversation with a group of Black women... And they tell me, oh, I know the number of orgasms I've ever had in my lifetime on my hand. So let's say five, three to five. You know what I'm saying? What I hear automatically is, where else in your life are you not being pleased? Where else in your life are you missing out on the actual experience and fulfillment of whatever is going on in your life? Where in your life are you discarded? Where in your life are you overlooked for the sake of, you know, the bigger picture, i.e. the orgasm in this in this conversation? Because then I kind of hone in, right? I kind of hone in on if you are not being pleased in the bedroom, which to me, at the very least, okay, please get your pleasures in the bedroom. Because, I mean, why else are we fucking here? Like, what what's the point? right? But if you're not getting pleasure in the bedroom, right? That means that somewhere in your day-to-day, you're also not pleased. So I want to know what that is. And I'm not saying in the realm of like sensuality that you're only going to experience pleasure. No. But what I am saying is you're always going to experience something. And I want you to be able to experience the fullness of what that is, 
right? Because then if I'm fully pleased in this case, talking about sex, that means that I can tell you exactly what my breaks are that say, hold, hold up, I don't, mm -mm, I don't like that shit, okay? <laughs> no, I don't like that. And then I can also tell you what I really like. I like when you touch me there. I like when you squeeze me there. I like when you put your thumb right there. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been fully pleased and I've allowed myself to have that experience and I've allowed my body to tell me, okay, sis, we like this. Oh, we really love this. Uh-uh, no, that's a little, mm, I don't think that's the one. Or fuck out of here. I don't like that at all, right? If you don't experience yourself in that way, in your day-to-day, -day, you also have your blinders on. That's what it feels like to me. You have blinders on in your life because if... I tell you, if you ask me, hey, Malia, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm okay, right? You're going to take it as I'm just okay, right? Okay and fine. I actually, oof, I, mm, I can't stand those terms. And the thing is, I've done my best to like try to take them out of my vocabulary, but like I'm human. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not perfect. But if I tell you like I'm fine, I'm okay to me, those are blanket words, Right. When I hear someone say that, it makes me question, do you know yourself enough to actually explain what does that mean? Do you have the emotional intelligence to explain like what that means? And of course, I'm not saying to just go and tell everybody your business, child. Please use some discernment, okay? Wanting a fun way to spice things up in the bedroom? Well, I have the perfect solution for you. Hop on over to lovesense.com. The link will be down below in the description for all of your in-person and long-distance fun toys and things for you and your significant other. Catch a nut in public. Enjoy life. <laughs> Head over to lovesense.com and check it out for yourself. Um, but what I am saying is if I'm with a trusted friend, quote unquote, right, they ask me, how am I doing? And I say, you know, I'm fine. I'm okay. And they say, well, what does that mean? If I haven't allowed myself to experience the fullness of my emotion, I cannot give you a full answer because I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But if I allow myself to feel like when I'm in an argument with someone and I'm like angry, right? Where am I feeling it? And for me, as an example, if I'm having an argument with someone and I say I'm angry, my first question to myself, which I, I experience myself in third person quite often. I don't know what that says about me, but whatever. If I say that I'm angry, I'm going to ask myself, well, Malia, where do you feel the anger? And you can do this with yourself, right? Sensuality, experiencing your senses, feelings are a thing okay and you have to feel the feelings if i say okay i feel it in my chest right that means my heart chakra that also means to me that like it's something that i'm passionate about it means that i am thoroughly angry but it's more so that i'm angry because my feelings like my heart hurts right um, or if I say, oh, I feel the anger, but I feel it in like my shoulders. I feel like my back is super tense. That means, oh, I'm defensive. That means that I'm on guard. That means that I'm angry because for whatever reason, I'm not feeling safe right now. But to do these things, I have to allow myself to experience what those things feel like, what they look like, what they sound like, what the good and the bads are. 
and that trickles into the bedroom. So when you're having a conversation with someone and they ask you what you do and don't like or how did this feel for you or what did you think about this? And you're like, oh, I mean, like it was, I don't really have the words for it. It's because you haven't allowed yourself to experience that feeling and give it an elementary word because we love to think ourselves out of what we're actually feeling. Yes, the majority of the times when you're feeling your feelings, it's very elementary. It's very small. Good, bad, not good, you know, what ter- terrible, uncomfortable, or my favorite, that was a little uncomfy. <laughs> but nonetheless, you have the ability to give yourself the word. If the word to the feeling is elementary, it doesn't mean that you're dumb. It doesn't mean that you lack emotional intelligence. It actually means that you're tuned into yourself. It actually means that you're allowing yourself to feel the pleasure. Now, when black women are taken out of the threshold of pleasure, when they're taken out of the center of pleasure, there's a level of abandonment that happens that I don't think that people actually touch on or even think about. If in the bedroom and I'm saying that, oh, I had an orgasm, everyone automatically assumes that she was pleased. That's not always true. Like I said before, that's not always true because you can have an orgasm and not be pleased. And when I'm talking about a level of abandonment, I'm saying that if I'm in the bedroom with you and simply because my vagina is wet, which is a sexual arousal thing that happens biologically, okay? That's what the vagina is supposed to do. Just because that happens does not mean I'm pleased. We're not talking about the breaks that I have been dealing with that have my anxiety high that I'm uncomfortable with. We're not talking about any of that. No one has taken into account of how I'm feeling, what I'm doing. The only goal here is that I have an orgasm and you have yours. Can you hear the abandonment? Nobody is worried about um, my hip hurts. (laughs) Hello, my hips hurt. Um, I'm tired. I'm just not, I'm just not with it right now. But because the pussy wet, it's like, oh, yes, you are. That's not fucking true. (laughs) That's not fucking true at all in the slightest bit. Okay. And I say that there's a level of abandonment. And while, yes, people would say, oh, well, she needs to advocate for herself. She needs to stand up for herself. She needs to talk it out. She needs to communicate. We just had a conversation. I just said this. Not everyone knows how to communicate it because she hasn't been given a safe space to just allow herself to feel and to be. And so sometimes that requires, this is also why I brag. I brag about DS or dominant submissive relationships in general, okay? I brag. Yes, I know that there are horror stories. Absolutely. Just like any other fucking experience. I brag on the BDSM space so much. And there's a reason why. This is just my experience, okay? So don't come for me. Don't come for me. It's my experience now. In my experience, the only men, okay? Cis het men. I have to be very, very specific. The only cis het men that I've ever met that are actually attentive and pay attention to their partner are usually in the kinky BDSM space. That's how it's always been every single time. And this is since your girl was fucking at like 17, okay? It's always been that way. That's what black women are wanting. That's what black women are craving, okay? I feel like there's such a a calling to other black women of like wanting to learn the divine feminine energy or, you know, how to like tap into their dark feminine energy because women are tired of having to advocate for themselves every single fucking day 
all day, day in, day out. It don't matter what the fuck is going on. If she does not advocate for herself, then nothing happens. Who advocates for the black woman when she is fucking tired of advocating for herself? Usually it's other black women. That's fucked up to me. That's fucked up to me. (laughs) Hello, hi, can you focus on me? Hello, hi, I think it was her who has a song about that. And that's part of her lyric. Like, can you focus on me? Can you pay attention to me? Can you notice when I come into the door and you see on my body, I've had a hard day I am, or I am anxious or I'm having a little bit of a depressed episode, okay? Or like, I'm just, I'm just not feeling it. I'm not in my zone. You can feel my energy shift. When black women are fucking tired of advocating for herself, who advocates for her? Now, I specified cis het men for a reason this also kind of comes into conjunction with um i think it's called something incompetence and the phrase is actually leaving me at this time um but it has to do with men actually on purpose acting incompetent around different tasks or things that are being asked of them so that they never have to fucking do it again because they know that if they fuck it up We're just not going to want them to do it anymore. It basically takes their accountability away from them or off of them. And it makes us responsible to make sure that we do it and do it right every single time. Weaponized incompetence. That is the phrase. And a lot of the times when I am in conversation with a lot of cishet men who are outside of the BDSM space, okay, not saying that all of the men, black men, cishet black men who are in the BDSM space are angels, okay? Because I know that that is a fucking lie. But when I'm in spaces with cishet men who are not within the BDSM space, I have noticed that they are very fine with that level of weaponized incompetence. That you can look at your partner and say, oh, she's having a bad day. But you will overlook that for the sake of whatever pleasures or whatever you know thing that you're wanting her to do etc etc you know she's having a bad day but you really want her to suck your dick so you're just gonna be like you know instead of cleaning up the house I'm just gonna you know rub on her ass a little bit more because I know that'll get the juices flowing meanwhile you're fucking her and her brain's not even with you it's on the fact that there are dirty dishes and laundry that needs to be done that's been sitting there for weeks or however long okay because some of the stuff I see on TikTok when I say weeks I really mean it there was one lady she did not clean her house for two weeks just to see how long it would take for her husband to clean the house it never happened I don't know if that's real or not but the uh listen the ghetto the ghetto (laughs) but I'm saying that because there's a level of consideration that black women are calling for their black men to do Be considerate of her. Include her into pleasure. When I read documentation of sex in general, especially like birthing processes and stuff like that, the way that the wording is set, it talks of the woman as if she's just like a machine 
who did a thing and like that's it. I would say only within the last like 30 years has it been documented that women be included in the narrative as a actual human fucking being who you know wants to be a part and wants to please and want to nut. Y'all know what I'm about to say because the orgasm gap honey is so large and it just makes me itch. It That's how uncomfortable I am when I think about it because you mean to tell me and because I'm saying women right very blanketed women in general this has not been a a consensus for a long time with women in general so with black women mm-hmm. yeah no yeah no it's it's almost it's disappointing as a black woman to realize the more that I learn, the more that I research, the more that I'm in these spaces, the more that I have these conversations, the more that I listen to different experiences, black women's pleasure is really left out of the narrative because black women haven't been given the opportunity to feel and to be. That's the reason why there's such this, there's this big push of, oh, I want to be feminine. Where's my divine feminine? I want to touch into my sensuality. What is that? How do I do that? How do I cultivate that? Where do, shit, where do I get the femininity? <laughs> where do I get the softness? <laughs> Where is it at? How do I find it? Is it under a rock? Do I need to dig? What do I need to do? Because black women are tired of advocating for themselves. So when I'm in a space of cishet black men who fully want, who fully are advocating for and allowing black women to just be pleased and to be catered to and to be like loved on and all that, like it warms my heart in a different kind of way because I don't, I'm like for me, I'm thinking of like my daughter. I don't even have fucking kids. I'm thinking about like my daughter, like my nieces, like shit, my nephews. Like I'm thinking about those. I'm thinking about kids, okay? Because I know that they're going to grow up and I know that they're going to have sex, okay? I'm not sexualizing kids. And if you thought that, you're fucking gross. I'm not sexualizing kids, but I'm understanding that they're all going to go through this process of stepping into their sexuality, stepping into, for my for my little girl, stepping into their femininity. And what I don't want is for them to come into a space where they are completely ignored or discounted because their pleasure their experience is like a half-assed prize that you used to get from fucking Chuck E. Cheese or some shit. Like, no, black women deserve to be pleased, okay? Yes, if you're gonna please her, you you better make sure she has an orgasm, okay? For any of, for anyone, for any man, okay? Cishet men, because listen, <laughs> the gays and days are doing great on the orgasm spectrum, okay? And that's on numbers, 80%, baby. For my cishet men, please make sure she has an orgasm, but make sure she's also pleased. Like I said, there's a level of consideration that black black women are looking for and are craving because it is tiring to have to advocate for yourself all of the time. And then people wonder, oh, well, why is she, you know, she's making six figures. She's doing all this great shit. She got this PhD and she got this big old house. She riding a BMW or the Mercedes Benz. Like she has all this, she's traveling here and there, but she don't want no man. She don't want a man at all. No, because she's fucking tired of advocating herself in relationship with cishet men. She's tired, okay? And no, I'm not saying that for everyone. But the majority of women that I have met, that I know, 
they're fucking tired of being on the dating scene and having to consistently advocate themselves to people who quote unquote love them, like them, care about them, see it for them. Like, oh, there's an oh my black queen and like, oh, you deserve to be this and you deserve to be like nurtured and you deserve to be, I want to, you know, you deserve to be like led and I want to take you to new heights and this, that, and the third. Crock of shit, be the crockest of shittest okay <laughs> crocs of shit and they're trying to figure out well oh she's such a great catch why doesn't she want to you know be with a man why is she okay with being single she's fucking tired my guy she's tired of not being cared about or considered because people have looked at black women as being so strong and being able to advocate for themselves for so long that when she asked hey can I be soft for a second can I be taken care of for a second or for my favorite my ladies who are so because listen I fit in the spectrum you're so decision fatigued because that is a thing you make decisions day in and day out all the fucking time it's tiring your brain never fucking stops. And you have to advocate for yourself. You have to advocate for black men. You have to advocate for black babies and other black women and for whoever else that needs you on top of your job and bills and like wanting to find space for yourself and wanting to build this career. and all this. Decision fatigue is a motherfucker. And you mean to tell me that when my man who's supposed to be there for me, who's supposed to love and care for me, this, that, and the third, you mean to tell me that I have to advocate for myself with him. Baby, <laughs> when I get the chance to be with my guy and my brain shuts off, oh, I'm in bliss. I'm in bliss. Like, and this is all, <laughs> like, don't get it twisted. My man has a plan, okay? My man has a foundation, okay? When I'm with my guy, like, I don't have to worry about shit. I love, like, I want every black woman to know what it feels like to actually have a partner that will lead them. And he leads you with a plan. He's not just out here talking about some, I want you to submit to me. What the fuck am I submitting to, my nigga? What am I submitting to? Please let me know. Because if you can't give me at least like, say a year, I'm not doing that shit. Because the decision fatigue is not going to stop. Because I still have to make the decisions. I still have to do this. I still have to do that. Like, oh my God, it's tiring. I used to say when a black woman gets an orgasm, like somebody heals, like someone new heals. But also she heals. She heals too. When a black woman is able to relax and to be and allow the pleasures of life come to her and she gets to feel those things and be in bliss. And if she's sad, allow her to be sad. Like if she's mad, allow her to be mad without fucking demonizing her. When those things can happen, there's so much healing that happens in that. I just don't think that people get it. I don't think that people get it. And I don't think that people see it because people don't want to see it. They don't want to see it. That's just how I feel. Because when I see women having their, their needs met, because a lot of people will be like, oh, pay less attention to your wants and focus on your needs. No, focus on her need, focus on her wants. If she focuses on her wants, 
her needs are automatically taken care of. When a black woman's needs are automatically taken care of and the way that you can see her fucking relax, my guy, oh, the heavens open up to me. Therefore, if you find the things that she wants, guarantee you, you will also figure out the things that she needs. And that trickles into the bedroom. If you know that she wants to be pleased and relaxed in sex, that means that she's in a safe space, one where she can be vocal about her, how she's feeling, her wants, her needs, her breaks, her accelerators that make her really get the juices flowing. It helps to have an open space where she knows that if something happens you got me and after we do this nasty shit up in here you're not gonna be looking at me crazy there is something about when the needs of a black woman a woman is automatically taken care of just just watch just watch how she changes you want to see softness you want to see someone who's communicative, who's emotionally intelligent and aware, someone who's very centered, someone who is very go with the flow, like someone who can, someone who's like creative, someone who is, is passionate, someone who you can like really like talk to and figure things out with. Like she's not, no, she's not going to take no shit, of course, but y'all can really work. Man, I watch other women of color, white women, be taken care of in spaces. And then I look at like us as black women and it's just like, wow. So it is possible. And I'm very black love. Like I'm so black love. I'm so, so, so black love. But it's like, damn, <laughs> am I in the right field? Do I need to go somewhere else? Because the fuck, I've really had to, and I'm very grateful to I guess this is coming from a place of privilege but I'm very happy that I have been able to be in spaces where these narratives of like black women being able to be soft with their partners and their partners really advocating and being there and, and taking care of her I'm so glad and this is just over the last year right that this has really happened that I've really been able to see this consistently it's been eye-opening for me it's also been very healing to me because I didn't realize the way that I was looking at black men as like lost causes I'm just gonna keep it a buck like I didn't realize that I was looking at black men like that until I started to see black men who were not a part of that narrative and I'm talking about in a like a dating like long-term relationship sense because I know when I say like kinky or BDSM spaces people usually think of like oh they're just partners for a moment or whatever but I'm talking about like long-term like dating relationships marriages you know um, ethically non-monogamous relationships uh, poly relationships um where the woman is really and truly like taken care of and nurtured and you know she has a foundation and a footing with her person and that's been very healing to me and <laughs> a gentleman who I talked to um, a couple of days ago or was the last week mentioned this that like if you stop looking at the narrative that's portrayed in the media and you start looking for the narrative that is outside of that you will see a completely different narrative that's partially true 
Okay, that's partially true. So I'm grateful for him saying that because it did force me to continue to like look outside of social media. Um, But it also meant that I had to take myself out of like my past dating experiences where black men have just been shit, you know? And I'm sure there's going to be a black man that comes into my inbox talking about, well, black women, they are shit too. I don't care about that because I'm not fucking talking about that. I'm not talking about that at all. But I know that it's going to happen because it happens every single time. It happens every single time I get on here and I just start ranting about like black women not having spaces to do and be whatever. But it's just like, I didn't realize that I was looking at black men like that. And so because that I have been very intentional to seek out those types of relationships, now I see that there's that that narrative is not correct, right? To a certain degree. I want women, I want black women to be pleased. I want them to have their orgasms. I want them to have their needs met. I want them to feel safe and secure. I want them to feel feel like comfortable and allow themselves to just be like in whatever form that that is and that's just not a mainstream thing it's not a mainstream thing until you start like doing intentional work to look for those types of those types of occurrences those types of situations and experiences and I feel like that it shouldn't be that way I should not have to do intentional seeking to see black women being pleased, being fulfilled, being taken care of, being considered. That should not be something that I have to look for. It should just be. And then people wonder why, like, why women, why black women always talking about, like, men ain't, you know. And it's because she doesn't feel advocated for it. She doesn't feel considered. She doesn't feel included. And for me, in the space of sexuality, sensuality, spirituality, like, spiritually, part of your birthright is to be pleased with your life, to enjoy the experience and the fullness thereof. Like, that's, that's your birthright. Like, as black women, like that is your like that's what you're supposed to do that's supposed to happen and to hear that like it it doesn't that's fucked up to me I just want better for our black women and being a part of um different spaces where cishet black men are really doing the work to advocate for black women to center their pleasure to center their needs to also be like a I guess like a representative I guess you could say for black women and their pleasure that to me is amazing that to me is is awesome so while yes I can sit here and talk shit about black men (laughs) I can't say all black men right um because I haven't experienced that from all black men right um I'm very grateful to not have that level of like callous um on me from what I've seen, from what I've, you know, experienced, from, you know, talking to different women, like, it's very easy to become so callous that you just get used to not being the center or to be considered in the pleasure of life. It's easy. 
It takes work to actually stay hopeful. It takes work to remain positive. It takes work. Like I like to call myself the hopeful romantic instead of the hopeless romantic because I have to remain hopeful. (laughs) I have to remain hopeful that with black men, because I understand, especially in the space of liberation for black pleasure, we all have to be a part It can't just be one or the other. We all have to be a part. So like part of me has to remain hopeful that black men will wake up and they will become more considerate and they will include black women into the consideration of their pleasure and their orgasms. And I do my best. I do my best. Like, ugh. Black men, if you are listening to this episode, my God, okay, I be trying to advocate for y'all, but y'all be making it hard for your girl. Like, it's a little difficult. I just don't... I know I remember I was on Clubhouse like two weeks ago. And this stuck with me where a woman was like, I feel like our black men are, are so far behind us that maybe we can't get them to catch up. And part of me wanted to agree. And then as soon as I wanted to agree... One of my homeboys um, and I, we were discussing this very topic and listening to him speak. I was like, no, 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 they're not. (laughs) They're not too far behind. (laughs) They're not too far behind. Um, There's still some good men left. Like, like I just, I don't want to say just because I feel like just is a little belittling to the conversation, but. I want black men to catch up. I want black women to be their pleasure to be centered and not just in the bedroom, but in their day-to-day life where they have people who advocate for them, where they have black men specifically, black cishet men to advocate for them and to consider them and to also build them up and, and fill their cup and or in the terms of plants, because I love a good garden uh, metaphor, to water their flowers, right? We always say, oh, give people their flowers. But sometimes you also have to water their flowers too. I can give you fucking flowers all day, but if they don't get no motherfucking water and I'm not in a position, like I don't have the the bandwidth to give my own self water to, to nurture my own flowers, sometimes you have to have other people to pour into you in that way. And so when I'm in spaces where I hear black men taking the intentional time to dedicate an event, to dedicate a space in general for black women to be pleased and to explore their sexuality and they have like an aftercare uh, aftercare space, that is really the biggest thing for me is the aftercare space, okay? I love me some cuddles. <laughs> I love it. But like to know that they're going, like these black women in this event are going to be taken care of from the time that they touch down even and even after they leave so like if they're headspace like they're at work and they're just like oh I want to like I, I'm, I'm not like I, I want to go back to where I was at send a, a quick text and you still have someone who's there to listen to you to hear you to walk you through how you're feeling I don't like that's not typical and it should be to where you have a community of people not just black women, not discounting black women, but usually it's always black women being there for black women. But to have black men step up to the plate 
and really be there and take care of and please and and let the black woman just be free and be soft, be sexy, be kinky, be, you know, whatever she wants to be in that moment. Because sometimes sex also equals healing and that also equals tears. So if she needs to to grieve some stuff, she needs to heal some stuff, she needs to move some energy, there's a safe space for that to happen. And I want more of that to happen for black women where they can explore themselves from top to bottom and whatever happens, they have a solid community behind them. And not just of black women, but of black men as well. And for the black men who say that they love us oh so much, it's time to show up and show out. Like, it's just time to, yo. And I say that because I now can comfortably say that I know enough black men in my social circle, whether I know them personally I know them through Clubhouse. I've, you know, seen them on other social sites, whatever, to know that it's fucking possible. Therefore, it's going to come to fruition. It has to. Because if I can see it in my mind, then it starts to come into the forms of different people in my life. Oh, I know that that shit can happen on a grander scale. I know that for certain. That's my rant for today. I wasn't even, this wasn't even what I came on here to talk about. I had a whole different topic written down for y'all, but I guess that's just a topic that I needed to touch on for today. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, that's okay. Um, maybe when I officially get off of, you know, the dating scene, maybe I won't rant about this as much. Uh, my friends said that I probably will. And they're probably right because I'm telling you until the day I die. When I start my dissertation, um, the orgasm gap is probably going to be my dissertation um, topic because I have so much content. I have so much content. Like, wow, so much content. But nonetheless, um, I hope you guys enjoyed my rant. Um, I am back. Um, once again from being sick. Y'all, I sounded terrible. That's the reason why I didn't come up here. Listen, I know some podcasters they are okay with coming up here and sounding like a hot mess. They're okay with sounding like warm up death. I am not, okay. I haven't reached that level of podcasting, you know what I'm saying? But nonetheless, um, I'm glad to be back and I'm glad to be ranting to you guys today. Um, the topic that I actually had for this podcast episode will probably be the next episode. So just be on the lookout for that. <laughs> um, thank you guys so, so much for listening and tuning in. Thank you guys for the support. Um, remember to follow me on IG on my new Instagram, sensually underscore divine, sensually underscore divine. Um, it is me. It is a private account because I'm being more intentional with who I let into my digital spaces. So, you know, request. I'll add you in as you guys come in. Um, Follow me on Twitter at Leah LeRae with two underscores. I don't tweet that much, but when I do, it's real good. But thank you so, so much for tuning in and listening. Do not forget to rate, comment, share, and subscribe to the podcast. 
Um, remember to follow me on Instagram at sensually underscore divine. Um, but yeah, that's about it. That's where I'm at. That's where you can find me. Oh, you can also find me on Clubhouse at Leah Larray. Um, the same as my Twitter, just without the two underscores. L-E-A-H-L-A-R-A-E. Um, you can find me on Clubhouse there. Um, and yeah, that's it. It is like 11 o'clock at night and I am going to go to bed because why am I up this late? Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for the support. And I will catch you in the next one. Peace and blessings, y'all. Center black pleasure. Black female pleasure. Center that shit. Thank you. <laughs>